Hey, Jen. Hey, Tina. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Speaking of Racism. Monique Melton is a highly sought-after anti-racism educator, published author, international speaker, and host of the Shine Brighter Together podcast. She is also the founder of Shine Bright Together, which is a community dedicated to healthy relationships and diverse unity. She travels the world speaking at conferences and events on topics related to anti-racism, personal growth, diversity, and relationships. She's been published in magazines, featured in blogs and podcasts, and has touched the lives of people all over the world. She is a natural, big, bold dreamer and a deeply rooted woman of faith. She is a proud Navy wife to her high school sweetheart, and she is a loving mother to two little ones. She has a bachelor's in social science with an emphasis in sociology and psychology and two years of graduate school education in clinical counseling from Johns Hopkins University. She believes it's not all about your comfort, but it's about your growth. So I am welcoming to the show today, Monique Melton, and I could not be more excited to talk to her in in particular because what, what she doesn't know yet is Uh, We aren't going to really talk about anti-racism just by itself because there's so much more to talk about. And that's really what I um, and of course, you know, that's going to come up for sure. But uh, I'm really looking forward to just getting to know you a little bit more. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to to see where this conversation goes. (laughs) All right. Let's let's find out. Um, Thank you. Let's find out. So here's, this is, I've not done this before, but as I was preparing and just thinking about how I I would uh, want to invite you into this conversation, I said, let me just come up with some topics and let's see what happens and go from there. Okay. Okay. So the first topic is actually the name of Brianna Taylor. Tell me what comes to your mind and your heart when I say Brianna Taylor, when we think about Brianna. Just... You know, deep breath, because there's a lot of things that come to mind and it's nothing, it's nothing good. It's pain. It is sorrow. It is a crime against humanity, against our people, um, fear, frustration, and injustice. And when I say injustice, There was really never any justice to be served because she would be alive. She would be alive. She'd be thriving. She would have celebrated her birthday. She would be with her family. She would be making more funny videos. She'd be studying to get her degree in nursing. She'd just be, we wouldn't even probably know her unless she wanted us to, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice to know her because of something she wanted and mm-hmm. something great that she was doing or, and not, and not her death, mm-hmm. her murder. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. I think about her, I think about her family a lot. Um, 
I think about her. And then I think so much about how this affects us on a communal level, a ancestral level and how so much is lost, like her dreams, her hopes, her joy, everything just ripped from her and her family. And we don't, we don't like so many of us who grieve her loss never met her, Mm -hmm. but she feels like family, you know, like seeing her family grieve feels like seeing my family grieve, Mm -hmm. you know, and I just tired, tired isn't even the word. There isn't a word. I don't think we have a word to describe what all of this feels like, but it's, it just feels like a punch in the gut over and over again without even giving a chance to heal or recover, even catch a breath. So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of things. I'm starting there for a couple of reasons, starting remembering Brianna, because when I think about honoring her life, um, I think about bringing her into conversation um, because she's still present like in, in being able to hold her and her memory and keep it alive. Um, something that I did last week, um, I made the decision to celebrate myself for a couple of things. And I thought about really what you just said. If Brianna was here, she would be very likely getting ready to celebrate something, right? Um, we know that. Um, and, and, and that being, I, I think, in, in, in many ways, or at least for me, the way that it felt was, um, I have grieved along with so many uh, across the nation, across the world over her loss that we have been enraged about the lack of holding anybody at all rec- accountable for the bullets that entered her sleeping body that was in her own home. And while we have to hold that grief and we hold that collectively, Uh, I wonder if there was any way that I would be able to make a connection with her that had some joy attached to it. Um, And so that's a part of why I wanted to bring her just at the very beginning of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to really remember, I appreciate you sharing all that. Trying to remember her as a human being and Mm -hmm. not just in her death. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's why it's so important. Like I, I absolutely completely disagree with people sharing videos of people's murders in their last moments. And, you know, people will say, Oh, it's awareness aware. We don't need that type of awareness. We already know, we Mm -hmm. already know what's going on. And I would never, I would never want my last moments that were in horror to be documented and then shared and then made viral on the internet to, to spark people. Why does it take, so much devastation and black death to spark people to want to do something, Mm. you know? And so, yeah, absolutely connecting to the joy, but that's what we do as black people though, right? Like we will find a way to connect to our joy Mm. and we, we have, and we do. And it is a, it is a part of the resistance. Thank you. It is. I feel that. So next topic, COVID. (laughs) You came in with the heavy punches, huh? You said, I'm going to give you stuff out the way and then we'll get to a little bit lighter. I was like, man, we're going to come with the stuff, the heavy (laughs) stuff. You know, COVID is a lot of things. I did a podcast episode talking about just coping through COVID. Uh, 
19 and just all that has come with this pandemic. And again, like I just really think about so much of the communal grief and suffering, um, the collective grief and suffering um, across and, and across like the, like not just in the United States, right? Like across borders everywhere. There are so many people, different races, different ages, different, all kinds of things experiencing grief on a multitude of levels, everything from losing jobs, schools, you know, just even simple things. And people argue, well, that's not a big deal, but you know, simple things too, like not being able to walk across the stage after spending however many years studying Mm -hmm. and taking all these exams and working hard to accomplish something that you believed was possible and you did it walking across the stage or, you know, if you're in a wheelchair or, you know, however you, you are able to um, move along is a big part of that experience, you know? And so people not being able to do that or gather together as a family and celebrate today's my dad's birthday and we're having virtual you know, calls and shouting out. We're a very loud family. So, you know, we're shouting out happy birthday and as loud as we all possibly can. You know, so I just think about so many of the things that people are going through. And by people, I mean, I include myself. I'm not excused from any of this. And, you know, the the loss. I mean, so many lives literally gone. You know, their spirits live on with us and they, their memories live on with us, you know, whatever your belief system is and all that. But they are not here in the physical because of this, this crisis. And there's no, there's, there's no preparing for that. You know, it's, it's, it's the death. And then I think also too, for like the black community, a big part of our mourning process is funerals, the repast, gathering together, looking over old photos, talking about old stories and all these things. And we can't even do that, you know, having virtual funerals and not even being able to hug or to console the, you know, a weeping family member. And so it's just, it's a lot and there's just more to come and we will feel the aftermath of all of this years and years to come, you know, all the different disparities, all the different inequities that exist in this country alone have been magnified with this pandemic. And, you know, so that's one of the things I think about and how, you know, the distractions of the nine to five, the the shuffle with the kids and all that were lifted for a moment and folks had quote unquote time to pay attention to what's been happening all along. Mm-hmm. So we saw that, you know, quick, very finite interest in black. I don't even know if I want to say black liberation and black lives. Uh, really, it was about alleviating white guilt uh, for white folks, but we saw that and that was very, very upsetting, very frustrating in a lot of ways. But then I also look at a lot of the opportunities that we have um, been able to embark upon during this time. And I never want to make it seem like, well, if it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for all this devastation, then we wouldn't be able to enjoy whatever 
good thing has come or happened for you in your life during this time. We don't have to try to brush this with a toxic positivity stroke to somehow see some some good or some some gratitude in a very devastating moment. We can two things can exist at the same time, right? Like two things can be true at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. And so there are absolutely things that I'm super grateful for that have happened this year. Um, you know, I'm grateful for the time with my family here in my home. We have random dance sessions. We just had a singing battle just a little bit over lunch. You know, we just, we're, we're absolutely taking every chance that we possibly can to create memories that we can look back on and feel happy about amongst the memories that we feel sad, we feel sad about, you know? And so when I think about COVID, I think, I really hope, if I could sum it up, I really, really hope that we don't go back to normal because normal was dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. Normal was not healthy. Normal was dangerous. Normal was violent. Normal was disenfranchising. Normal was fill in the blank. Nothing good. And and on a grand scale, absolutely, there are great things that you can be happy about if they went back to some type of homostasis. But we we need reform on every way possible. And we need some defunding and we need some complete dismantling. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, COVID is a lot of things. Um, everything that has happened during COVID, when we look at it from a systemic level, were things that were going to happen at any given moment because you can't sustain these type of systems of oppression and it not crumble and, and explode and um, really d- devastate the people who live under those systems um, in a most immeasurable way. Like it, it can't stay that way for, it won't be able to operate like that forever. The problem is we've had these types of, you know, crumbling moments and these types of um, opportunities to ignite significant sustainable change. But instead we've had just replica of the destructive system that was just telling us this isn't working. This isn't working. And we see replicas of it evolving. I like to say rebranding of the systems. So yeah, I mean, COVID is a lot of things. COVID is a lot of things. Here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to switch gears a little bit and pull up something because earlier today, either today or yesterday, um, Harper's Bazaar um, published some writings from Solange. And so we have just some beautiful words and I wanted to read some of them to you and just get your thoughts and feedback and just whatever comes to mind. Some days I am on top of mountains. Some days I am weary. Some days I smile and laugh in ways I didn't know I could. Sometimes I grieve all of the loss looking for pillars or anchors to hold onto. Some days I see so much promise in my future, despite the chaos around me, because I woke up a black woman with this spirit in my heart. If I move, I am not running. If I move, it is by choice. I feel good knowing that I surrendered and found answers in my stillness. That's beautiful. What comes to mind is just really an acknowledgement of our humanity 
you know, like we can have these moments of uncertainty. We can have these moments of sadness, but we can also have these moments of great jubilee and joy and excitement. And what I also hear in that is I get to define and decide where I'm going to go and what pace that I'm going to move. And that in and of itself as a black woman is a form of the resistance, you know, because we've not always been able to operate. And in a lot of ways, we're still restrained. But, you know, when we think back to our ancestors who were literally in chains and bondage um, and legalized bondage, and yes, we have slavery by another name and the systems have evolved. But I hear this declaration of, I, I won't be confined. And I... I, I really appreciate that, especially as a black woman, because the world wants to put me in in a box. It wants to hold me back. It wants to decide for me who I am and what I'm able to do or what I'm not able to do. Those are some beautiful words. I haven't read those yet. I'll have to go and, and find the rest of them because I'm sure they're amazing. They all, are of amazing. all of them. I've been like meditating on them all day. So I love yeah. it. Thank you for that reflection. So we'll switch back years for this. I've got two more questions. I'd I'd love to ask you your thoughts about Pass the Mic. Yeah, you know, that opportunity came along right when we lost Breonna Taylor to amplify Black voices, to galvanize and to, to mobilize people into making their voices heard and their perspectives heard that we we want some accountability, we want some changes, we don't want another black person murdered through state state sanctioned violence. And I feel like it was definitely a really great opportunity to collaborate with other because the, the the premise around it was okay, we're gonna get really hyper-focused on change, specific change that we want to see, see people take and to make um, specific change we want to make and give people specific action steps. So there was very specific, like go to this website, follow these directions. It wasn't just, you know, hashtag Breonna Taylor or anything like that. And so I really appreciate giving people really specific action items to um, put into practice, you know, go beyond just swiping or liking a Instagram post. And so then what, so you have that and then you have black women partnered with a, a white woman who ideally is committed to some level of this work. And we were paired and then we connected and shared our voices on their platforms to get in front of their audiences who more than likely don't even know we exist. And um, I wish I could say that, because when I think about all the measures taken from every single angle of this, I wish that it made a significant difference that was felt positively in the Black community. Because we still have zero accountability and this could happen tonight. You know, like we could have another family destroyed and, and we do, right? Like we hear, we don't hear about it all, but there could be a whole nother publicized murder, state, state sanctioned murder 
of a Black person tonight. It could be me. It could be you. It could be any of us. And I know change doesn't happen overnight, but I'm just really tired of the weight being on our shoulders, our meaning Black folks, to motivate and convince and to constantly, and, and, and we won't stop. Like, it's not like I'm tired, I'm giving up. I'm just not doing this anymore. It's like, I'm tired that I have to do it, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I deserve better, right? Like our ancestors, our people living and transcended never have stopped. We've never given up on our humanity. But I, I just wish that all of it, I wish all of it mattered enough that it was felt sustainably in the black community, you know? Um, and I don't put that on us. I don't see that as a failure on the, the, the movement. I don't see that as a, you know, missing the mark. I see that as really the white collective needs to get it together. We don't need another damn movement, hashtag, documentary, workshop, summit, book. We don't need, all of the things have been said before. And I appreciate that every generation, I include myself in that, has their own take and spin and language and movement around expressing our needs and what we want in our fight. Yes, I love that. I just wish we wasn't having us talk about the same things over and over again. You know, like you can go and listen to or or read a speech from 1800s. And yes, the dialect, the, the language, the word choices are going to be different. But the the message is the same. And that's frustrating. That's absolutely frustrating. So the, you know, so the the experience I enjoyed meeting all these incredible new people who I hadn't connected with. I've made some new friends. And, you know, it's been, it was a great opportunity to be a part of a very hyper-focused initiative to pursue accountability for Breonna Taylor. Um, I just wish we didn't have to do all this. And I wish that it really did move the needle forward in a way that was positively felt in the black community. And I just, I just don't see it right now. I mean, yes, we've seen some things. Let me not say that. Um, Like, I think we have the Breonna Taylor, like there's a law that they're trying to put in place. And I think so, but it's just, it's just not enough, you know? And it's not because black folks haven't worked hard enough. Like I want that to be crystal clear. It is not that we've not strategized enough or didn't do the plan enough or that we, it's not us. You know, it's not. And I just wish we didn't have to spend energy on the same stuff generation after generation. I wish we could thrive the way that we deserve to thrive and not have to constantly live in these racist structures. <sighs> a great segue into really my fe- the last thing I wanted to ask you. What would you be doing if you have not had not been called to be an anti-racism educator? And yeah. I'll couple that question with, what brings you joy? Like what is keeping you centered in joy while doing this life-threatening work every single day? Yeah, it is absolutely life-threatening in many ways. You know, I, I think about that a lot, actually, that question, that first one. Um, the second one too, but the first one, like what 
I was actually just thinking about it earlier today. Like what, what would I be doing um, if I wasn't doing this work and that this work wasn't necessary? Right. right. That's an important distinction. I, 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 I hear that. You know, because we all approach this work differently. But if it weren't even necessary, like if we could really be living freely and fully in our humanity, what would I be doing? Oh, my goodness. I would be writing. I would be imagining things that I probably can't even imagine right now. Mm-hmm. I would be spending time with family and friends, laughing, eating good food all the time, not worried about diet culture because diet culture is a byproduct of white supremacy, really is white supremacy by another name. So I wouldn't be thinking about what this is going to do to my waistline or any of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be creating art. I, I would be moving in ways that bring me joy. I would be having plenty of sex all the time because I wouldn't be so tired by the end of the day. And then in the middle of the night, waking up like, let's do this thing. Um, <laughs> you know, I just, I would be living a life that signaled that I am free. Yes. And I think because we have been so accustomed and and I don't even think accustomed is the right word. I think we've been so conditioned and we've been so enamored with the constant daily grind of just trying to survive in spaces that would rather we didn't exist that sometimes we don't even take time to dream, to dream, like to just get lost in a, in a dream, you know, imagination to a hope for something. A lot of times that's why representation is so important. You need to see people doing things that you don't necessarily, you haven't, or maybe didn't imagine possible for yourself. That's so important. But I, I will be doing a lot of the things I do now, just more of it more of it, you know? So what brings me joy? I absolutely love, like today I was like, I am in such a good mood. Y'all better get this good mood. That's what I told my family. (laughs) Y'all better get it. Y'all better get it. I mean, I'm upstairs working out. You would have thought I was filming a workout video. Okay. And I I was the instructor. You would have thought that like you, if you just walked in my house, like, Hey, what Monique up to? And then you listen like, Oh, she doing a she, oh, she, she recording a workout video. Oh, okay. Like that's what you would, cause it was like one, two, three. All right, let's go. Like I'm all by myself, all by well, myself. I'm coming to your class. So I'm just going to put it out there. Whenever you, whenever you start teaching Zumba, I'm there. Listen, it was a whole thing. It was twerking. It was on the floor twerking. It was so many things happening. That was so, it felt so like, oh my goodness, I love it. But just, you know, more of it. I love, I love a really good workout session where I just can feel connected to my body. And mm-hmm. I'm really just like lost in that moment and not really thinking and worry about anything else. Uh, you know, I love spending time with my kids and my husband, you know, just, just being silly. We, we laugh, we tease, we have so much fun. I love lighting candles, Lighting candles, like just even going around and lighting them. It's just like, I don't know if that's something with fire. Maybe I should go to therapy with that part. But the, <laughs> <laughs> I just. It's a uh, ritual. It, it sounds like 
lighting the candles is a part of the ritual itself. That's it's fun. I love looking at the flames. I love that. I have candles lit all right now. And, um, you know, I love drawing and well, I love painting, drawing and I love painting, writing, dancing, singing, talking with friends about everything, everything from shaking your bum bum to what's going on in the politics. Like we just, we have a whole bandwidth, like it's just awesome. But yeah, like those things I have to make sure I schedule into the day because it's easy to get caught up in the mundane. And I just, somebody needed to hear that. That was somebody out there and set them free from needing permission. Oh yeah. Like I absolutely deserve to be cared for, to be nourished, to be supported, to, to be moisturized. Okay. Amen. Amen. Put some lip balm on. Don't, don't be walking around with dry lips and you don't have to, you, you know? know, that's, that's, that's it. Cause some people don't have access to those basic. And I tell people get involved in your local community. If you in a position where you can provide that type of financial support so people can have access to those basic necessities, hygiene tools, go for it. But if you're in a place where you got access to it and you just choosing to walk around and your lips all crusty and stuff, don't do that to yourself. That's painful. That's painful. (laughs) (laughs) I love crystals. I'm getting into crystals now. Ooh, nice. So do you put them out at the full moon to charge and all of that? I'm not on that level yet. I don't even know necessarily what that's fully about yet. So I'm more on the level that I am. So it's like Mario Brothers. So I'm like, I'm like, do, 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 do. Like, I'm just there. I'm right at that one. I'm not at anything. You haven't got the castle yet. You mm-hmm. haven't. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. I ain't helping the princess and her, <laughs> her toxic white femininity and all that. I'm not even fooling with her. Um, but I have them out. I have them a different. They're pretty. They're, they're beautiful. But I don't, I don't know a whole bunch yet. I'm going, I'm going to get there though. I'm excited for you to learn and dive into that. So, are you into crystals too? I'm not. I just, I think they're pretty and they like are. I have a few, but I don't know all of, I know that it's a whole entire thing. It is a thing. So I've heard about charging them and how they have different energies that they can bring you. I don't, I don't know all of it though. Yeah. I'm, so. I'm learning. I'm learning. So, but a lot of things bring me joy. I love laughing. I love to make other people laugh, but not, on purpose. Like I'm not the type of person that's like, all right, let me set up this joke. And then I'm just like a natural, casual, funny, like effortless. Like people be like, oh, this is just effortless beauty. Like, oh, it's just so effortless. <laughs> it's like, girl, you know, that was not effortless. You was in there doing them brows. That wasn't effortless. But I, I definitely am an effortless comedian. I can, I can crack a joke, but not on purpose. Like it, it can't be, it can't be scripted or it won't, it won't be funny. I have to say this. I have so I have been following you for a long time, I feel like, um, and learning from you. And it has been truly a pleasure and an honor. And when I finally built up the courage to ask if you will come on the podcast, um, something that was really present for me is just that you are in my, you know, what I see on Instagram. You're just a cool ass black woman that I would love to be in conversation with. Mm-hmm. And so just wanting to have you come in all of your black excellence and just with your presence and whatever way it showed up in this conversation. I just didn't want to 
overthink it or script it out. Just wanted to come and say, um, it's simply a gift to be in the presence of Black women. So for, for you to have been able to share just from your heart, off the top of your head about those topics, I think is, is a tremendous, again, a blessing and a gift to our listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much. You are so generous. You are so generous. I feel the same about you. I am so appreciative of your work and the energy that you're putting out in the world. And yes, I absolutely agree. It is such a gift to be in the presence of black women, black folks. Like we are just a whole mood. We are, we are just, a whole mood. We're, we're just everything. Like we are just so, we just, oh, we so, we the best. So the best. The best. <laughs> and I, I appreciate you bringing, inviting me on. And I, and you made me chuckle when you were like, you know, uh, the courage. I'm like, what? Just, what are you the courage? <laughs> yeah. You, you definitely made me feel like, girl, quit playing. Yeah, I'll do that. Like that's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I made a big deal for no reason. You did, but that's okay. Hey, everybody's got, everybody's got their things. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for your time today. We Thank appreciate you. That. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. And thank you to Grapes for the music. The song is, I don't know.